How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Eucalypt Speed Test Intelligence Data. Fixed median download speeds. USQ3 2023. Hello. Thank you for going to the Les Schwab Twires. Twires? I don't know. Hello. We appreciate you going to the Les Schwab. Les Schwab. Why it's can't like you Vive, say tires? Vive Clouseau. It's the same. Just thing. say tires. Uh, where, where do we pick up from? Hi uh, everyone. You're listening to the Center and the Saint podcast. I'm Luke Anderson. I'm Will Darkins, well, and this is sponsored by Les Schwab Tires. Is that right? I think so. Okay. Yep. Enjoy. Doing the right thing since 1952. Saturday morning, Will Darkens making waffles for everybody in the building. Come on down and get yourself a chocolate chip waffle covered in peanut butter. Everybody gets one. What I just said. Well, just one though. Oh, it's one that everybody has to divide up. No, just everybody gets one waffle. Everybody gets their own Each waffle. Each person gets one, one waffle. Full waffle. Okay, well. Well, because, you know, when you go to things like that, like a like a breakfast or brunch lunch, you expect that it's going to be a buffet and you can eat it all. No, did, dude, you're getting one waffle. Did you say brunch lunch? Yeah, brunch lunch. It's brunch. Brunch is half breakfast, half lunch. See, that's the thing, though. People don't get you can have a brunch lunch. No, I think it's brunch, which means you can have breakfast or lunch, both food items available you could have an omelet and a club sandwich together look luke i get it i understand people make this mistake all the time (laughs) i'm telling you though the sources that i have are telling me that you can have yourself a brunch which is right around that 10 to 11 30 range but the brunch lunch that's when you head into noon you're getting yourself some turkey turkey bacon you can even throw some ham in there it's okay it's brunch lunch listen will i gotta come back and i gotta disagree with you very vehemently about this brunch, that's okay that's brunch, okay listen brunch is from nine to two. Nine to it, two it's all encompassing it takes out your breakfast it takes out your lunch you throw in a mimosa or a bloody mary you can have lunch items to eat or you can have breakfast items there's definitely alcohol involved if you choose to partake, uh, but it goes from 9 to 2, primarily on weekends, occasionally on holidays, but those need to be on a Monday or Friday, none of this midday holiday crap. I can't. I, I don't listen to that. I don't listen to that, Luke. We're going to open up the phone lines here. We're going to open them up. I want to hear from you. What do we got here? What 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 do we got here about the brunch lunch? All right, we got uh, Ricky here uh, Ricky. calling in from uh, Kansas City. Ricky sounds uh, like a yeah, jerk. I feel like I feel desperate. Are we really doing this? Well, you committed. Yeah. Well, we figured we'd do the whole thing. I thought I'd throw it out. I thought I'd throw out the typical New York sports guy, radio broadcaster, and I didn't think you'd bite, and you did. Well, every once in a while, you have to get into it. It is uh, one of the most exciting uh, weekends in sports to talk about brunch. 
I mean, let's be honest. It really is. And actually, this is the perfect weekend to have brunch, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> kind of. Yeah, because there's basketball on. So you can go out. You choose the seat that faces the bar. Your wife sits there and tells you about, I don't know, stuff. You're not really listening. And then you can watch basketball over your shoulder and uh, pretend that you care about, uh, you know, the little things she's making for her Easter party. Well, now, see, you bring up something interesting about that because most guys will go to bars, right? And I think that's more on the Thursday, Friday side. I think people are sticking it on the couch. They're sticking their butts on the couch when it comes to the weekend games. But if you do have uh, an inkling to go out to watch a weekend game like this early, does food play a big factor into where you're going? I don't know. I do want to. Are you just like, I'm going to have beers there. I'm going to watch the first two games. Then I'm going somewhere else to eat or I want to stick it there all day. Hmm. That's interesting. Um, yeah, Thursday, Friday is usually the day where we have the gathering. You go to a buddy's house. I remember this goes way back to high school. You skip school and you sneak out. It's a good opportunity to thank everybody that came down to the independent sports bar yesterday to hang out with the fan. Uh, you were down there asking questions during the duck games of people doing a little quiz show action. Uh, I was playing reporter. Well, listen, somebody's got to do it. I threw on my fake mustache, and I was Geraldo Rivera. Uh, but those are the two settings I picture, but I picture them both on, on Thursday. I'm going to be pretty much watching at home. I might go to my brother's house. I don't have a Friday, Sunday, or a Saturday, Sunday routine. It's either go to a buddy's house or you go to a bar to skip work. But that's a daytime activity. It's it's Thursday, Friday. Help us out on the Better You Today text line, 55305. How are you watching basketball games this weekend, or or are you? I, I think mean, people are. Well, I know people are watching, but are you watching all of the games like you do on Thursday, Friday? Yeah. You see what I'm saying? Nah. Yeah. I mean, I'm gonna watch. I'm gonna watch a Ducks game. I'm gonna watch Taco Fall versus Zion Williamson. Which, by the way, uh, that guy is. I mean, he is extraordinary tall. I don't know if you noticed. Yeah, he's uh, seven feet six yeah. inches tall. He's a big person. Did you see the picture of him standing next? to kneeling next to the vcu player no he got knocked down he's getting up and he's going to his knees he's as tall as one of the players on the other team on his knees that guy's gonna get to the to the pros he Mm. will just by default no he'll get there but yeah first month training camp he'll get sent down to g league because they'll be like oh yeah he doesn't know how to do anything else but sit in the paint i was reading a thing on the ringer uh about him kind of talking about what his future is and there's been several guys over the last i don't know 10 years that have been that big, not necessarily seven foot six, but seven, three and above. And outside of one guy uh, playing three games in the NBA, most of them don't have an NBA future because he can't really move. He's set the record though. Taco fall, your boy. Yeah. He's uh, set the career record for uh, field goal percentage in the history of college basketball. Oh, wow. Him and Kenneth Reed, right? No, listen. Do you know who he passed? <laughs> who? Do you have any idea who Steve Johnson is? Uh, Yeah, uh, my neighbor. Steve, Sounds like my neighbor. Might be your neighbor. Could Steve, be. Steve Johnson uh, had it bounced around the NBA, played with Portland for a little while, but he's an Oregon State grad. Back in uh, the 80s, or late 70s, early 80s, I believe, Steve Johnson uh, had the career record for going on uh, 30 years, 40 years, whatever it was. And uh, now it's been passed by Taco Fall, who was also shooting, I think, in the 30 percentile for free throws this year. Not going to lie to you. When you said Steve Johnson, totally thought he was white. Yeah, sorry about that. No, it's, you don't have to apologize. Or when I said, I just totally I, thought that's a super white name, Steve Johnson. <laughs> did it, did it make it, did it double down when I said Oregon State? It, yeah. When you, <laughs> when you said Steve Johnson in Oregon State, I was like, all right, this is a fat white guy. Yeah. It's definitely a fat white Big, guy. 
Tall, yeah. really fat. tall, fat, doesn't know how to shoot. Looks like, a like Bill Lambert, but doesn't move. Yes, yeah. yes. Like a Bill Lambert type of looking guy. Sure. You know, Bill Lambert was one of those guys where you looked at him and you were like, that guy works 10 hours a day, <laughs> but he doesn't do it four days a week like regular people do. You know, like you'll do the 10 hour a day, four day a week, so you can get a three day, hour, or three day weekend. No, no, no. Lambert's working 10 hours a day, <laughs> five days a week. And when he gets home, like on that Saturday, like he doesn't want any part of his family. That's okay. how I always thought of Bill Lambeer. Yeah. Works Just for me. like, screw you, honey. Screw you, kids. I'm tired of it. Yeah. Shut up. Steve Johnson, to me, looks like the uh, prototype for like the double dribble uh, avatar. Right. He has that perfect 80s mustache. Mm. And he has uh, he just looks like a, he looks like an 80s basketball player. Yeah, he does, doesn't he? he? Very much so to me. He looks like just you could put that guy up there for any player, you know, below just below the all-star level in, uh, in the history of the 80s basketball. And you'd be like, that could be anybody. Is it me or is it that like 80s basketball players looked more like regular dudes? 80s yeah well yeah they didn't have right? they didn't have the the style component you get today i think is but that, even like physically they just looked like some like upper echelon bros at the gym that could beat you at basketball yeah you know but they're I mean? all taller too i mean there's you have, you have to remember they were still very tall the problem with basketball players is when you see them playing in basketball you don't realize how tall they are unless they're taco fall because they're standing next to other basketball players it's like damian lillard looks like a little guy much bigger than you and I. He's not that tall. I think he's only 6'3", actually. Yes, I know, but he's also jacked. Kind of. Yeah. Dude, yeah. I'm more jacked than him. <laughs> sure you are. Yeah, I am. Damian Lillard is much bigger than you are. As Dude, you don't know S about my arms or my core. <laughs> Nothing. I can see your arms right now. I'm already looking at pictures. I mean, my arms are just about as big as his. Yeah, I'll bet. I'll bet. Uh, if Dam- Damian Lillard, if you're listening, if you want to come down to the studio, we'll uh, compare arm sizes. I've got some tape. We can measure it out. We could. Wait, didn't we do that like a couple weeks ago? Not my arms, but my, uh, my uh, what, what was it? My wingspan? Oh, yeah, we did. We did measure your wingspan. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, there was an article in Sports Illustrated magazine a few years ago uh, talking about the uh, the body type of your NBA player. And there was one player in the NBA that had a wingspan that was equal or less than his height. That's J.J. Redick. He's the only guy that does not have a longer wingspan than height. You talk about, like, especially the Oregon defense, right? Oregon got a nice win yesterday. Talk about how long they are. That's, I think, the the primary attribute when you look for guys that are going to be good at the next level is guys that are long, and that they're talking about wingspan. And you had a longer wingspan than height, so get ready for the NBA. Yeah, well, you know, I famously was a wing guy for – Kevin Love, and we've talked about that many times on the show, unprovoked, by the way. And, uh, you know, it it just wasn't for me. You know, it was one of those things. It was a Kyler Murray situation where I was pretty good at football, and it was my passion. But, like, I could have tore it up in in the association. Sure. I mean, straight up like Steve Nash clone. (laughs) Yeah, what are you, 6'1"? Yeah. Mm -hmm. With my high tops on. (laughs) Your high tops and elite athleticism, though. Kind of, yeah. Yeah. A little. <laughs> kind, a little bit. Kind of. Like, I'm as athletic as, mm, like, Dirk Nowitzki is now. So where does this tournament right now rank for you all time after day one, day two? Where is it? We'll answer that for you next. You're listening to The Sinner and the Saint on 1080 The
Well, welcome back. Luke Anderson, Will Darkins, bringing you everything you need to know about the tournament that is the tournament on the tournament day, day three of the tournament. If you weren't excited about the Ducks after an eight-game winning streak and winning the conference championship, huh? How about that game yesterday? They're pretty damn good. Wisconsin, a five-seed. Oregon, a 12-seed. Steamrolled them. Dude, I was getting pretty hyped on those uh, Kenny Wooten oops. Well, that and the blocks, right? Yeah. Well, Kenny Wooten was the man yesterday. A lot of people are going to point towards Peyton Pritchard as being kind of the galvanizing force of this team since the Pac-12 tournament. But, I, I mean, Kenny mm. Wooten got the excitement going in that game, dude. Those four blocks, those oops that he had near the uh, start of the second half, it, they set the tone for them to just, like, totally take control of the game. Yeah, but also, I mean, Pritchard was made some nice shots. Like, he had the NBA three. He had a drive to the lane where he wasn't supposed to make it and kind of puts those in. Then you get things rolling, and then you allow everybody to play a little bit looser. I mean, the first half of yesterday's game 25 25 i'm going oh boy it wasn't i listened to the first half on the radio and they're talking about going oh well these are two of the teams uh with the slowest pace of play in the entire uh country and i'm like buckle up I, that's kind of how i felt well i mean the first half was that way right i mean it was there was a couple like 7080 runs kind of exchanged back and forth and you go okay maybe it's going to break open it never did and I'm, I'm just kind of going all right wisconsin uh what was the line uh joey mack he, he stole the line from a Wisconsin radio guy, but it was something to the effect of Wisconsin never met a shot clock violation they didn't like. <laughs> like, I mean, I'm like, okay. oh, oh uh, yeah, I know, right? So I'm like, oh, boy, this will be a fun one. And uh, and Oregon opened it up in the second half, and like you said, Kenny Wooten was a huge part of that. But uh, Peyton Pritchard, I, I don't think you have to choose one or the other, but Peyton Pritchard was driving force in the Pac-12 tournament. Yeah, especially with scoring. And, you know, when you lose somebody like Bull Bull, who if you watch the first couple of games, I remember the Houston game in particular, you just were like, oh, my God, if this guy could play the whole season and see him develop, like this this team's unstoppable. It, they really did seem that way when Bull Bull was on. And so when they lost him, I, I mean, I have to admit that there was a point in the season that I completely lost interest because – I just wrote them off, but as yeah. soon as the Pac-12 tournament started and they just started rolling over everybody, given it, it's the Pac-12, it's all kind of terrible. Sure. It was just like, wow, this team's hot, and maybe they can actually make it happen. Yeah, but Bobo was a 21-9 and nine guy, but he was also... Dude, he was offense. He was an injective well, offense. Well, but he's a, he was one of those unicorns, right? Because he could shoot a little bit, too. He's seven foot, what, two? Somewhere around there. <laughs> he can shoot, and so he... like. You you fig you're trying to figure out how to play with that guy, right? If you're, I mean, Peyton Pritchard's a junior at this point, and he comes in, and when Bull Bull's on the court, you have to play a different brand of basketball, and then they go through that lull, and like you said, everybody kind of lost interest, but it's also they weren't really playing very well. But right now they're on a nine game win streak, and they get the benefit they're a 12 seed, and they're playing as the the higher or lower seed. They're they're the favorite in the next game. They're the 12 playing against the 13. That's always the funny thing about the tournament is you go and you circle all these upsets and you try to figure out what upset's going to go through. At this point, there's going to be a 12 or a 13 in the Sweet 16. That's the, that's how these big upset happens. And and they get to play against uh, the winner of Virginia and who's, who are they playing? 
Oh, geez, Marquette. But I know. No, it's okay. You don't. You don't have to. That, cry. It doesn't matter. Their yeah. their one seed. Their <laughs> one seed is uh, Virginia. Marquette lost, so it's definitely not them. Yeah. Uh, but their point. Which I want to get into that. Oh, uh, we definitely will. Don't worry about that. Um, <laughs> don't you worry. <laughs> um, but Virginia came out and was uh, was losing by twelve points in the first game as a one seed after losing last year as a one seed. Yeah, everybody was kind of so, looking at that game like, oh, here we go again. Yeah, that is not a turn tournament team uh ever and and so if you're in that bracket that's i, I don't know i guess the best place to be it's uh, virginia oklahoma's the game so i go back to that marquette game because oklahoma's talk, a nine seed so. right so i gotta talk about john morant dude i i was yeah. kind of skeptical as the season was going on about him just because you know playing in a crappy league and you, you kind of you know the talent's there but you go well eh, i want to see the competition i want to see how he can play against some more kind of elite guys dude that guy is so raw Raw to the point where if I was a team, I would take that tape and I'd go, do I really want to draft Zion Williamson? Oh, you're saying uh, you're saying raw like a fresh word for that kid is a polished scoring machine no, that also I mean averages like, 10 assists a game and will finish the season averaging a double-double. I mean raw in terms of scoring. He just friggin' he, – he gets the – I know this sounds like so simplistic, but he just gets the ball in the hoop. Like <laughs> – there's some Whoa, dudes yeah. where it's like Zion Williamson where you know it's kind of a one-track mind. You know he's going to get in the paint. You know he's going to play bully ball with you a little bit. And he can shoot if he's wide open, but there's still some gaps. Like, yeah. like Morant is a raw scorer. Somebody who you look at and you compare him to someone like Russell Westbrook or mm-hmm. uh, maybe even I heard a Baron bit, Davis. Yeah, or even Paul George. You can kind of float out there. But, like, just the way that guy plays. If I'm a team like Chicago who, you know, you have a good chance of getting the first or second pick, dude, he's at the top of my board. Well, he's interesting because you you've mentioned Paul George, but he's kind of in that uh, Steph Curry, Damian Lillard, C.J. McCollum, Paul George. How did this guy get overlooked by all the big colleges mode, right? He was a scrawny kid coming out of high school, ends up at Murray State, and you look at his, his tape and you go, how the hell did everybody miss on this guy? How did the entire Power Five miss on this guy? Damian Lillard went to Weber State. How did everybody miss on that guy? C.J. McCollum went to Lehigh. Paul George was at Fresno State. I mean, Steph Curry went to friggin' Davidson. Dude, it's just the it's, it's the idea that yeah. sometimes you peak to a different level. And, you know, let's let's throw this back to football, right? Like, uh, a good example of peaking at the right time is James Harrison. Because yeah. you remember James Harrison went to Buffalo. He, he was or uh, was Khalil Mack went to Buffalo or he went to Buffalo. Where did James Harrison go? Ooh. Like Kent State, right? That sounds right. Yeah. So he went to like Kent State and he was passed around a bunch of teams. He's been fired and hired by the Steelers a million times over. And it took him so long to become at a certain point, the best uh, defensive player in the league for some time. And it's so, you know, I, I think there's just some guys where there's talent scouts that can see something that is so indelible about them. You're just mm-hmm. like, Oh my gosh, if I can just hone that in, like that guy is going to be really, really good. Yeah. Damian Lillard, perfect example. Yeah. He just knew how to score. He knew where he needed to be on the floor and he knew how to take over a game. Well, and he got to play in a league where he got to take over a lot of games. Sure. And, and you you play, a, a, and you he know, played four years, you play four years in college. It, it, you know, it helps you learn the game of basketball. So you're more of a ready made. Plus you're a little bit older. Uh, when you go into the pros and you have a chance to kind of make an impact, uh, confirming that, yes, James Harrison went to Kent State. Um, then, But the other guy, the, the other stealer that pops into mind, too, is, is some of these different stories. Ben Roethlisberger ended up at Miami of Ohio because he didn't play quarterback until his senior year of high school because dad's uh, – 
dad's son, coach's kid, was the quarterback for the three years before that. So oh, it's I just, thought that was because he cornered women in bathrooms. No, that was after he made the pros. Oh. Yeah. It's totally. I, I get those mixed up. Totally different yeah. thing. But, yeah, this, the John Morant story is I guess he was at Charleston. Uh, Charleston. Uh, Chandler Parsons uh, basketball camp. And the Murray, one of the Murray State coaches, went back into the gym after like the camp had concluded, and saw him playing three on three, and that's how he recruited him. Like he didn't, he didn't stand out in the drills, didn't stand out in the five on five scrimmage. Just that he just he just stopped. He went back to grab a cup of coffee or something, and was staying in the gym watching him play three on three, going, "Dude, that's our guy." And I, I bet he went back in and he goes, "Oh my gosh, that guy's better than uh, Chandler Parsons." <laughs> wow. I mean, there's like five guys that are here, but <laughs> yeah. wow. Well, that's the, that's the story that I heard. Uh, so you've got uh, Murray State is taking on. They've got Florida State, I believe. I think you're right. Um, so, yeah, so they, they beat. And the whole thing with Florida State is that they've got something like, um, they've got something like, like, Eight dudes that are above six seven or six eight. They got a ton size, of size wise. Size, yeah, yeah, they got some big bros. Yeah, and and Morant, I, they say six three. Sure, which means what six one? I guess there is somebody <laughs> on the better you today text line five five three zero five. When I said that Damian Lillard was six three, they said no, he's six one. Yeah, I googled it and they say six three. And Google would certainly never never lie. So um, Murray State, if you want to watch John Morant, if you've never seen him play, first watch his YouTube highlight reel because it, it is ridiculous. The way he cuts, he has a tomahawk dunk is kind of a signature move that you see over and over again that he jumps from just a couple feet in front of the free throw line. It doesn't matter how big the guys are in front of him. It's uh, dope. It's super dope. But that game is at 310 uh, today against Florida State. So Some more thoughts on the Better You Today text line. Somebody said that the word you're looking for is a natural scorer. I think in terms that's... John Morant. Uh, uh, he's a guy that puts the ball in, in the hoop. In the hoop. I like the way does. you did it. Natural score. That sounds stupid. Yeah, he puts the ball in the hoop. Um, way more intelligent thought. Less douchier version of Trey Young. Uh, I haven't heard John Morant talk enough to agree. Yeah, and Trey Young went to Oklahoma. That too. Yeah, that's a much bigger school. Uh, and he's just a shooter. I don't think he's as much of a pass. John Morant has a chance to, I, I believe... I. Towards the end of the season, he had a chance to be the first guy ever to, to average 20 points a game and 10 assists a game uh, since they've started recording the assist in college basketball. Oh, my. Ah, well, there you go. Just hot stats. Somebody asked the essential question that uh, we completely missed, and this is our fault. Uh, wait, Chandler Parsons has a basketball camp? No, you you got there. You you made the joke that <laughs> well, uh, we didn't he was ask like, the this question. guy's better. Which that, that kind of begs the other question of, like, how many of these do Like, how easy is it to get a basketball camp? You make it to the NBA and you get a basketball camp. Really? Then, yeah, it's an additional revenue stream. So how does that? Uh, and and this kind of digs a little further, right? Like, how does that happen? What do you mean? Like, how does a basketball camp surrounded by a personality form out? Like, who approaches you, or do you approach somebody? Like, if I want to start a basketball camp and I'm Chandler Parsons, did I go to someone and be like, "Hey, I heard you start up basketball camps. You want to help me out?" Yeah. No, I think you go back to your old high school coach, and he's he's like he's like. Hey, you know, I really want to thank you for everything you did to help me get to the NBA, but I don't want to give you money. But what I could do is I could put my name on a camp that you could run. I'll show up for a little bit, and then you can uh, make a little bit of money on that. That's my guess. That sounds kind of douchey. Well, it's Chandler Parsons. No, he's not that much of a douche, is he? I'm just guessing. I don't know. If somebody knows guessing off his looks. What's that? I think you're guessing off his looks. Yeah, and he went to Florida. 
Oh, yeah. Oh, wait, you're right. Yeah. So, yeah, there you go. Yeah. Uh, all right. I have a little uh, tournament quiz for you. We've already talked about some of the teams included, um, but you accused me of not being a big enough sports fan this week because I didn't want to see the Robert Kraft uh, surveillance footage. Yeah, and we'll get into that later, yeah, too. Yeah, we can get into because that. Because I'm just going to rail into you for your opinion on Th- something. That's perfectly fine. And then uh, in the second hour, we're actually going to bring in a uh, baseball guest and do a little baseball talk, so it's going to be a fun show. Uh, but right now, we need to give you a news update. So the coach from LSU is is refusing to talk with the AD. Just the, the fans are supporting his return because they don't care if he paid money. So yeah. he's, he's still suspended. But the AD is like, oh, if you just talk to me, we can figure this out. Just like everybody else, though. Yeah. Such a weird thing. The the FBI and the IRS taking down college basketball. I just, I, I don't understand why they needed to get involved in this. I, I mean, to me, I, I just didn't really, I really, really didn't understand. That was the one part of this entire story to me that just went right over my head. Like, I, I don't, I don't get it. Why did you spend time looking into this? Isn't there... Other more, things. more important things to worry about. Aren't there about? people being killed? <laughs> you, eh. you need to research. Or... I don't think that's a thing anymore. Oh, I don't think. I don't Murder? think. I think we've our society's evolved beyond that. I'm not sure that people are still killed by other people. Well, because it's too hard to get away with it. <laughs> Is that why you don't kill anybody? I think that's a little. Dude, if this was like little, the early a 19... little insight into your personality. Dude, but think about it that way. Like early 1900s, like you could get away with murder. You mean most of human history? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, I think in the Civil War era, like, if you were outside of a battle, you could probably murder someone and everybody would be like, no, all right. Like, during the war, just be like, oh, good thing the war started now. I can just kill all the people that I don't like. Yeah, like, like you're not actually, like, in a uniform. You're, you're, you know, you're not the Union. You're not Confederate. You just, like, were walking along the street by the general store and you had an itch to kill somebody and you just did it. I think you could get away with that. Have you ever read the Malcolm Gladwell book, Outliers? No. Uh, they talk about the the what they call the culture of honor, and it was pretty common uh, in different parts of uh, the U.S. in some of these places where a lot of the immigrants came from these what they call cultures of honors. Uh, Ireland, I believe, was one of those. Some places in Italy, some some different parts of Europe. But they came over, and it was like if you disrespect somebody and you shoot them, that's okay. And uh, there's all these stories of people like the Hatfields and the McCoys are a pretty uh, pretty famous. Uh, battle between two families and they just kept killing each other because they kept disrespecting one another. And the courts were like, well, yeah, that seems fair. And there's actually public record of people going, yeah, well, he got killed. And, uh, you know, we're all sad about that, but he did disrespect the guy that shot him. Yeah, well, now you got yourself, you know, this society where everybody's overreacting all the time. Yeah. If I want to kill somebody, let me. All right, so uh, watching the tournament always brings me one kind of bit of uh, insight into myself, and that's that I have no idea where half of these colleges are even from, let alone who they are. Okay. So what I thought I would do is run through this with you and see if you have any idea who any of these teams are. And I wanted to start with uh, Liberty, who was another one of the 12 seeds that got a win. So I believe there was three of the three of the four 12 seeds one. So we know Oregon was one of them. We talked about Murray State winning. And then only Auburn, who won 78-77 over New Mexico State, was the only five seed that got a win. So Liberty is one of those teams that got a victory. Any idea where Liberty University is? Pennsylvania. 
Virginia. Okay. How, how about Murray State? You brought up Murray State. You love John Morant. Any idea where Murray State, the racers, are from? Do I get points if I say, uh, like, okay, here's my two guesses. Okay. So one of the Carolinas or Indianapolis? Kentucky. Okay. So no points there. Uh, how about this one? So Murray State beat Marquette. Where is Marquette from, Will? This should be an easy one. Uh, it's on the East Coast. <laughs> it is not. Okay. <laughs> Strong start. Pretty good. Uh, okay. Well, it's obviously in the Southwest. Uh, it is in Wisconsin. Okay, um, right. That's okay. what I meant. Uh, yeah, Milwaukee, Wisconsin, the Golden Eagles. How about Fairleigh Dickinson? Gonzaga, I assume you know where Gonzaga is. <sighs> yeah, I know that. Spokane. Okay, Gonzaga beat Fairleigh Dickerson. Where is Fairleigh Dickerson from? Dickinson. Oh, well, well yeah, now Fair, it's Fairleigh Dickinson. Yeah. And Fairleigh, well, F-A-I-R-L-E-I-G-H. Uh, let's go Florida. Hackensack, New Jersey. Okay. How about this one? St. Mary's. Oh, well, I know it's on the West because they're in the same uh, conference as uh, the Pilots. Yep. They're in the West Coast Conference. So let's go somewhere in California. Okay. Do you want to guess where in California? Are you will? Yeah. I got the state right. Yeah, you do. You do. Ooh. That's. Uh, it's not Sacramento. It's Sacramento. <laughs> no, oh. no, no. Uh, you looked it, at me like I guessed it right. It is. It is in that direction. It is east of Oakland, so it is towards Sacramento. But it oh. is. It is in Morega, California. Oh, so Moraga. I was half right. Uh, yeah. Uh, how about this one? This one should be really easy. Where is uh, Where's Villanova from? Uh, that's Philly. Okay, that's it's. I close. know that because it's, their coach yeah, was Jay getting, Wright. Yeah, Jay Wright was getting looked at by the 76ers. That is one of the ones I knew, and I I I thought I knew this one, and it turns out I was right. I was actually surprised. Do you know where Purdue is from? Uh, yeah, they're Big Ten. I think uh, <laughs> Purdue is uh, obviously they're the Boilermakers. So <laughs> you know they got to be from Michigan, right? Indiana, right? That's uh, yeah. <laughs> I saw something on Wofford as they were trying to make the tournament. They've never had a tournament victory. Uh, it was funny watching everybody previewing the first round, calling them Woford. Uh, where are the Wofford Terriers from, Will Darkins? Terriers, let's go. Uh, boy, I know a lot of Terriers <laughs> uh, hang out in more mild climates. So we're going to take out the South. Um <laughs> You know, Wofford, I, I'm kind of getting a wah, wah, uh, west west coast kind of thing going here. South Carolina, Spartanburg, okay. South Carolina, okay. definitely not yeah. from the south. They won their first tournament game in school history, and they get to play Kentucky as their uh, as their prize. Uh, they have a three-point shooter on the team. Fletcher McGree the uh, all-time record, career record for three-pointers in their first-round game. Uh, the Bradley Braves. Oh, Atlanta. They are. They're from Illinois. Oh. Uh, Belmont Bruins. Uh oh, Pittsburgh, Tennessee, no. St. Louis Billikens. Uh, the what? The St. Louis Billikens. Okay, uh, the. <laughs> Don't look it up. I see you type. I, I, no, we I want to know what a billikin is. Yeah, 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 yeah. I really am though. Okay. Uh, I have no idea. They're from St. Louis, Missouri. Uh, that was kind of a trick one. How about this one? This one we should know, right? Where's Yale? Uh oh, that's Connecticut. Okay, good. Uh, Abilene Christian. Um, oh my God! Have you seen a picture of a billikin? <laughs> yes, it's frightening, it's horrible, it's terrifying. This is one of my favorite things about the tournament. I know it's stupid, but being able to keep up with just 
Dude, this Billiken is frightening. Okay, so they've done a couple iterations, it looks like, of the mascot, and they went... More, more frightening than the Wheat Shocker? Yeah. Okay. Because the, they've done a couple iterations of it. The first one they did, it looks like, they kind of tried to go like Looney Tunes, and then they were like, yeah, that's scaring everybody. Let's go ahead with the um, like uh, frightening Japanese fever dream. Yeah. And then they were like, oh, no, people don't like that. And so they settled on a half-assed uh, Horn Frogs ripoff. Okay. Because yeah, it looks like the TCU Horn Frog, it's just a ripoff. Yeah, I suppose. The Billiken. And then the statue of it is, is horrible. This thing is terrifying. I don't see the statue. Okay, well, what's to, wrong with you? Oh, I'm just I'm trying to figure out what a Billiken actually is. What is it in reference to? Um uh it just keeps running me back. Oh, to here we go. Billiken. The Billiken is a charm doll created by yeah. an American art teacher and illustrator Florence Pretz. I found the statue Kansas by the way. City. Jeez. Who is said to have seen mysterious figure in a dream. Oh, so I was half right with the fever dream. Yeah, there you go. Well, then good job creating the Billiken. Looks like one of the Menahuni men. Okay. Yeah. No. Ugh. Yeah. The, stat like, the, the statue is like a terrifying, insane Buddha. Why did you base your <laughs> school off of this? Like, why? Uh, oh. Why couldn't you make it fun like the banana slug? Or Oregon, the Oregon Ducks playing against the UC Irvine Anteaters. Yeah. Yeah. That's a fantastic one. The Anteaters? Yeah. All right, Will, you failed the test miserably. Fantastic. Well, it's not the first test I failed. Well, congratulations. But you made me feel better about myself because I didn't know where some of those were. And, hey, you got one of the Ivy League schools. You knew where Yale was. I knew where Yale was. I, hey, listen, I had to throw some in there that you could get Come right. Come on, man. I got accepted by Yale. <laughs> Did you also get accepted by Marquette? Uh, yeah. No, I don't think so. I will say this. I got a letter from uh, Harvard once about uh, playing football there. Did you really? Yeah, and it was addressed to me, and I was like, yeah, I don't think you got this right. <laughs> so, yeah, it's, That's must a good, have been a mismail. Or something. Yeah, I got an AARP card sent to me yesterday. It said, now that you're eligible, you haven't signed up for your benefits. And I go, man, I think you have my birthday a little bit wrong. Well, you're almost there. What, you're 48, right? Yeah, almost there, but not quite. Not quite, my friend. Speaking of almost there, we are almost to good versus evil. It is next. You're listening to The Sinner and the Saint on 1080 The Fan. Have you been too busy to keep up on sports this week? What has happened to the... What has happened? What has happened to the national interest? No time to form your own opinions? I stand before you here today in the midst of gnarly times. Well, no worries, brah. Ah! Let the center and the saint shred the gnar while you just sit back and ride the wave. It's time for Good versus Evil, brought to you by the Titan of Hawaiian Restaurants, 808 on 1080 The Fan. It's good when he's on your team, and it's bad when he's on the opposition. No, it's not. We're trying to outrule. We're trying to take this out of pro football. People talk about in suburban areas why kids aren't playing football, why their parents are keeping them out of football. It's because of stuff like that. That was Puppet brought to life, who, despite his creator's best efforts, discovered a lethal, lethal combination of cheap whiskey and buffalo wings, Chris Carter. He's talking about the Oakland Raiders' recent signing of linebacker Vontez Perfect, uh, who this producer can tell you uh, hurdled over him while he played at Oregon State University. There you go. 
Uh, to a one-year, $5 million contract, the Bengals released Perfect after a, at-best, rocky career in Cincinnati. Among many incidents, the veteran is known for his helmet-to-helmet hit on Antonio Brown in the 2015 playoffs. Now both Brown and Perfect are teammates. Can these two personalities exist in the same geosphere? Yeah, if the geosphere is the hot mess that is the Oakland Raiders. Uh, you also have John Gruden, who after winning a Super Bowl, was basically despised by the end of his tenure in Tampa Bay uh, before going back to being beloved because of his uh, television personality. Uh, But I want to get back more to this uh, hurdling of Vonta Perfect in college. Did you have the ball, or were you just avoiding a block? No, I was trying to block him. And you jumped over him? No, it was a sweep. And uh, my whole theory on blocking uh, in college was that if you were stronger than me, I was just going to probably try to cut you. Yeah. Uh, so I came in, and I, I have to say, this isn't bragging because it didn't work. I had very good form in that I started high, yeah. right at about like mid-thigh level, and then tried to cut down low. The dude just puts his hand on my helmet, pushes me down, and hurdles over me. Oh, he hurdled He you. hurdled me. Oh, okay, that makes more sense. Dude, film session the next day, my coach watches it, like reverses it and plays it back three times, and he goes, well, nothing you can do about that. I was like, oh, cool. I'm uh, not in trouble. What, what, that's what, what do they say? Uh, Million-dollar body, two-cent head. Is that, yeah. the, is that the term for that guy? Yeah. I see what's going on. I see what everybody doing. Mm -hmm. A lot of people doing this. They got him on the ropes. Piling on. They got him on the ropes for the first time in 14 years. That was angry Best Buy customer who spent two hours in line trying to return Bluetooth headphones that contained earwax. Shannon Sharp. He's talking about the silly rumor of Doc Rivers quitting his job with the Clippers to coach the Los Angeles Lakers next season. The title-winning coach shot these rumors down after signing a contract extension with the Clippers this past week. Now, it was reported by ESPN's Mike Wilbon that Rivers was advised by people in Los Angeles to not take the Lakers position because LeBron James does not want to be coached. Is this true? Yes, I talked to LeBron this morning. (laughs) LeBron James does not want to be coached. I don't know. This is is the first time LeBron James has missed the playoffs uh, in... 13 seasons yeah it's the sixth straight year that the lakers have missed the playoffs so maybe he does some soul searching and realizes that oh i may not need coaching but i'm inhibiting the rest of the players on the team to be coached if i act like an ass the whole time so my guess is that lebron james may be more amenable to it next year when he realizes that he doesn't have the ability to carry a bunch of slugs around the floor uh, like he has for his entire career. Or maybe you or should not just... his entire career. He did play some great players. Though. Or maybe you should have just gone to Philly. Well, Kyrie Irving's coming to L.A., so uh, they'll they'll get the band back together. Everybody will be fine. Put up more points. Um, you know, offensively, we got to get back to uh, being a fast-paced team. Um, and then defensively, we just got to lock down. We got to, you know, get back to what we've been doing all season long, start the season off. That was super number one cool guy Paul George. He's talking about the NBA's current sinking ship, the Oklahoma City Thunder. They won only five of their last 15 games, and they did sit in eighth place before jumping to fifth, and they did that without even playing. (laughs) If they end up on the bottom of the West, it could be disastrous for OKC because they'd play uh, Golden State the first round, at least conceivably, but it also could be really fun to watch these two teams in the first round. Is this something you would like to see immediately in the first round? Yeah, I'm okay with that. I mean, there's going to be at least a couple really good first round series, you would suspect. But right now, the the 
So you've got one game separating OKC, Los Angeles, Utah, and San Antonio. All of those teams are, I think, going to be a decent matchup for probably two through three. I think you can see, or I'm sorry, two through four. So the Nuggets, Rockets, Blazers, you writing through those three teams against any of those opponents that I just listed? I don't think so. Somebody's going to have to play against the Warriors, and I think that might be the one lopsided series. Um, but I'm okay watching the Thunder get swept. Oh, yeah, dude, yeah. That'd be sweet. It'd be great. Also, some interesting news that uh, some rumor news that came out of Twitter if we're talking about Paul George. Apparently, Paul George is now talking uh, intimately. Ooh. with Kawhi Leonard about uh, his upcoming free agency. Yeah, trying to get another superstar in o- Oklahoma City. I don't know how I feel about that. Eh. Those three bros together? I don't know how I feel about Oklahoma City ever. Yeah, like, the whole thing. Ugh. Whatever. Yeah, I'm from Seattle. Yeah, go back, to, go back to Seattle. You have the whole Sonics thing. I do. There. I do. It hangs over my head. All right. Time for my favorite story of the week, and this one comes from Texas. Texas. A man took his bull into Petco. His bull, okay. Not his bulldog. His bull. His bull. That's it? That's it. That's all. (laughs) (laughs) Did they leave a cow patty there for uh, somebody to clean up? No, he did get in pretty skillfully into the Petco, though. Have you ever you ever watched the show Mythbusters? Yeah, of course. And are you familiar with the myth about uh, the bull in the china shop, or the the saying "a bull in the china oh, shop"? Oh, he's a bull in a china shop. Yeah. Well, what do you think that means? Uh, break stuff. Yeah. Sure. So they put a bull in the china shop. They built a china shop in one of the rodeo rings, unleashed a bull. The bull skillfully moved around without knocking over a single shelf of china. That's pretty cool. Yeah, the China shop was actually in pretty good shape afterwards. So this guy's name is uh, Vincent Browning, and this is in uh, Humble, Texas, and it was a Facebook post he put up, uh, although a bunch of news organizations caught on to the story and wrote their own versions, but this is from the Facebook page. Uh, it starts out with a bull emoji and says, we decided to take a chance and call Petco's bluff on the, quote, all leashed pets are welcome policy. The awesome crew at Petco did not disappoint. They welcomed Oliver, the African, uh, pardon for pronunciation, Watusi, with open arms. The staff members here are always super friendly and courteous to us. We really enjoy coming to the location. Our favorite Petco by far. So, yeah, there is that um, policy. I have heard that before. You can just really bring almost any pet you want. So they did it just to test it out? Yeah, just give it a try. But there is pretty cool pictures of all the staff, like, hanging out with the bull. This is, like, the most, like, temperate bull i've ever seen in my life if you watch the video he like he walks through the door and he like has enough spatial awareness to like move his horns a little bit to get through watch the bull in the china shop you'll be amazed it's uh it's one of uh the things from mythbusters that always sticks in my head that and blowing things up what's the most ridiculous animal you think you could get in that thing um feasibly Feasibly, not like an elephant, because you're not going to get it through the door. Yeah, no, I was thinking if you brought in like a crocodile or an alligator oh. or something, that for some reason that uh, jumps out. Because you you see like Florida man always has a pet alligator. Yeah, yeah. So that would be that would be the one. Uh, I don't know which one would give you the heebiest of jeebies. Like if somebody brought in a really big snake, like if you're working there, which one oh. which one would freak you out the most? Oh, the snake. Over a crocodile or a alligator? Yeah, I feel like I, I, I could uh, I could evade a croc. Yeah, I think I could. Yeah. I'm not saying I wouldn't get bit, but I feel like I'd get a good chance of surviving. No, I'd, I'd be killed by the snake. Yeah. 
I just know because it's going <laughs> to slither out of its leash. Then it's going to start friggin' slithering around. Now I'm, I'm just imagining, picturing a snake on a leash too. <laughs> yeah, that too. I'm imagining like a boa here, right? Oh, yeah, yeah. Not like a uh, some strange person with a uh, garden snake on a leash. <laughs> I would, I would, I would like to see somebody go in there with the invisible dog. That's always. That's oh, always the a good the bit. taut leash that. Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah, that's always a good bit. Yeah, just yeah. bring in the yeah. and don't break. <laughs> yeah, just just stay in character the whole time. I'm looking for uh, a type of food that uh, my dog can have here. Ooh, how old is she? <laughs> it's a he. How dare you, jerk! <laughs> how insensitive! Just get all mad. Could you go in with a fish on a leash? Just have like a your uh, fish. Yeah, bowl. for like one minute. Your fish. Oh, <laughs> I was gonna say, oh, I'll just die. <laughs> your fish bowl on a rock. Dragging it, just going yeah. dragging a dead salmon on a leash. I don't know what's wrong. He's not breathing. <laughs> uh, I tried CPR. Uh, good He's versus, not breathing. Good versus evil is brought to you by 808, the Titan of Hawaiian restaurants at 2454 East Burnside or 52nd in Woodstock. We'll talk some. My two guesses. He's at, either out of water <laughs> or he had a fentanyl overdose. The, fit, the fish is screwed up, man. Uh, he, didn't react, get, he didn't react well to the heroin, man. Yeah. Somebody <laughs> get the Pulp Fiction out. kit. Get the Pulp Fiction kit out, man. My Just go running in there with a dead fish asking where the adrenaline needles are. I told him to stop. I need an adrenaline needle for my fish. Ah! I told him. He kept taking those Dilaudid, and I said, you're partying too hard, man. Just run in with an open bathroom yeah. on, running around. What's the dude's name? Eric something. Who? Who's the actor that uh, is the dealer? Ah, I lost it. Eric Bana? No, it's not Eric. Ah, doesn't matter. Can't remember his name. But, you know, the long hair, the open bathroom, just running through. Yeah, that's Eric Bana. Okay. Well, there you go. I'm pretty sure. Confident that it's not. Yeah, we'll like, get that information. We'll like share it with you. 70% sure. That's Eric Bana. <laughs> Blazers and baseball in hour two. That is next. You're listening to The Sinner and the Saint on 1080 The Fan. How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Ookla speed test intelligence data. Fixed median download speeds. USQ3 2023.